I do a lot of listening. Right. I always say that, like, I can't create programs in a vacuum. I have to understand what the needs of the community are and really hear um, from the folks on what they need. And so then after listening and determining what the needs are, then we can go back and kind of create programs and platforms that the community wants and needs. You know, it's one thing to sit in, you know, the office and say, this is what we think they need, um, but it's another to really kind of understand what that need looks like. Erica Swilly has spent 17 years helping different organizations give back to the community. In this episode, the Detroit Pistons VP of Community and Social Responsibility explains her approach to philanthropy and how any business or individual can follow the same model. We also discuss Erica's leadership style as well as her advice for those who are looking to make moves in their career. Episode 61 of Power Forward with Erica Swilly starts now. This is Power Forward. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to inform, entertain, and educate. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice, opinions, or endorsements of any kind. All right, welcome back to Power Forward. Justin White alongside Mateen Cleves. Mateen, what is going on, my man? Oh, it's gone, my man. Everything is good. Life is great, baby. Still flying high, Justin. I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> uh, Mateen, you know that, uh, you know, in, in today's society, uh, you know, whether you're an individual or a business, uh, the importance of giving back, giving back to your community. I know this is something that is that is near and dear to your heart. Uh, and some of the causes that are, uh, you know, really important to you uh, in your in your hometown of Flint, um, you know, just I guess from a personal standpoint, um, for you before we bring in our guest, uh, why has that always been such a big deal for you? Well, it, it actually started with my mother, man. My mom. Uh, I grew up in a community, man, where a lot of people, you know, needed help, and my mother was she always extended her hand. And, um, you know, gave back to our community in any way she could. And, and that could be cooking a meal for someone, uh, going up to a parent teacher conference when the parent were not fit to go, uh, whatever she could do. I mean, being an advocate for so many people that that was a need in our community. And it just started with not, with not only her, but my father as well. So I had great parents that, that loved to give back. So it just kind of trickled down to me and my other siblings. Well, we, we love to hear it. And uh, we, we know that it's that it's something that you're going to continue to do. And, uh, you know, when you, when you look at business and sports in particular, uh, you know, for for organizations, for sports, uh, you know, it's a must uh, for for teams to, you know, to endear themselves to their community yeah. um, so that they can, like you said, uh, give back and, and really ingratiate themselves to their communities. And uh, our guest today, uh, this is a subject she knows all about because this is her job. Uh, she is Erica Swilly, the Vice President for Community and Social Responsibility at the Detroit Pistons. Erica, welcome to Power Forward. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today and speak with you both. Detroit. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited. Go ahead, go ahead, Matisse. Basketball <laughs> from, uh, from 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 a former Detroit Piston himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, don't take Mason's job. <laughs> Erica, let's uh. Let's jump into the conversation just by uh, by asking you about the, the same thing I just asked Mateen. Uh, this this is your job. Um, for for you, uh, is it 
more than a job? Is this a passion as well? And if so, uh, why is philanthropy uh, something that is special for you? Yeah, this is definitely more than a job for me. Definitely a passion, um, similar to Mateen, um, kind of passed down for me um, from my mom. Um, she was big on giving back, um, helping others, saw that at an early age, knew that I kind of wanted to do something um, as a career where I could help others and really make an impact. Um, didn't even think about sports, but kind of fell into it. And now that I'm here, this is kind of where I was meant to be. Um, just the power that sport has to unite is incredible. Um, so definitely blessed uh, to be in this role. Wow, man. And it's you know, it's so many roles in professional sports. I mean, you know, kids grow up, it's like, well, I want to play in the NBA or I want to play in the NFL or WNBA. But you can be in the NBA because there's so many different roles in the NBA. Now, as a kid, did you grow up, you know, as an athlete or, um, you know, how did how did all this stuff kind of come about? Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing volleyball. I wouldn't say that, you know, I was, you know, a D1 athlete or anything like that. Um, <laughs> definitely uh, played sports, though. Enjoyed it. Um, I know some of your listeners might not love this, but uh, I grew up in Chicago. So uh, <laughs> grew up um, during the Michael Jordan era and Chicago Bulls fan. So uh, definitely saw how when we'd win the championships, it would kind of bring the whole city together. Um, and saw kind of um, the impact that the Bulls made in the community as well. But yeah, I didn't even really think about this as a career or job, but once I learned about it, um, pretty cool. So so give our listeners uh, an idea, Erica, of, of what you do, you know, what your role encompasses, uh, you know, overseeing community and social responsibility for the Pistons. Yeah, I mean, I have a definitely a unique role in overseeing um, community and social responsibility. I'm in charge of all the philanthropic initiatives on behalf of our ownership here in um, the Detroit community and Flint area as well. Um, also, um, yes, on behalf of um, our players and then the team as a whole. So um, I would say all the feel-good stuff um, runs through our department um, and then making sure that our guys know um, the platform that they have um, and the voice that they have um, to really do good. Nice. Now, how long have you been doing this? So I'm entering my 17th season Woo! doing community and social responsibility. Um, 10 of those years have been with the Pistons. Um, going on my 11th year. So this is my second time working for the Detroit Pistons. Also worked with um, the Detroit Shock when I was here my first time, the women's WNBA team, for those who don't know. Um, worked in Chicago with the Chicago Sky, their WNBA team, and then was out west with the Golden State Warriors for a little while. Wow. Well, let me ask you this, because you, I mean, all, <laughs> all of that experience, man, wow. Like, what were, and, and, and I'm, what was one of the, like, your favorite players working with? Because I know Ooh. I played in the NBA, and I know sometimes guys are like, ah, they just want to play basketball. But then again, I've been around others that genuinely really love to give back in community. So I know you work with a lot. I know you don't have to name all of them. But give me one or two players that just stood out to you that you loved working with. I mean, I've had some great players over uh, the years. I've been lucky enough to work with some of the best. I always say that if you don't start off as a community guy, once you come through uh, uh, one of my programs, you will be. But um, <laughs> um, I would definitely say... Um, 
Chauncey Billups, when he was here, oh, yeah. um, was big in the community. We used to call him, he was known as Mr. Big Shot. We used to call him Mr. Big Heart. Um, nice. All of the work that he um, did. Uh, Tobias Harris did a lot when he was in market. Um, worked with Steph Curry, who people always ask me if he was as nice as he appears to be. Um, and he definitely is. Um, and very philanthropic. Um, and then I would say too, right now, a lot of our young guys, um, Jeremy Grant has hit the ground running since he's been in market. Um, he has some really cool initiatives that are up and coming too, that I think people are going to be excited to learn about. Syracuse in the house, by the way, my guy, Jeremy Grant. <laughs> so, all right, so, so you, so you just told us about the guys who were, uh, who are easy to work with, who, you know, you didn't have to do a whole lot of convincing, uh, when it came to some of these philanthropic initiatives that you were involved with, but I'm curious you know, how much of a, of a sales element do you sometimes have to take on for, for players who maybe aren't as bought in, uh, and, and kind of like, what's your pitch? You know, how do you approach them about the importance of that platform that you mentioned and why it is so important to really, um, you know, wrap your arms around it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I always tell people like, they don't know what they don't know. Right. At 19, I don't know if I knew what I wanted my, you know, uh, social impact footprint to be. And so I definitely don't expect them to as well. So a lot of it's not so much convincing, but educating um, and really trying to find that genuine connection, getting to know them. You know, do they have a family member maybe that has diabetes? okay, well, maybe we connect you then with the American Diabetes Association and you can use your platform and your voice to help amplify what they're doing um, and to educate others around that. So it's really trying to figure out what's that, you know, natural connection point for them um, to get them excited and, you know, figuring out what their interests are, what they like to do, and then um, integrating them into the community that way. People, I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. See, Erica, we have a lot of leaders that, um, you know, listen to our podcast. And I think that's important when you're leading people. You talked about connection. You know, yeah. finding that connection is very important because once you build that connection, man, then I think everything will run smoothly. So I like that approach. I, I, I love that. So people, I hope you are listening because that's very important, whether you, you're doing what Erica's doing or you're actually in a leadership position and, and you're trying to get your team members to buy into some of the things that you, and initiatives that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You have to meet people where they are. I like it. To, to piggyback off of that, when, when you are, you know, in the trenches, you're out there, you're, you're trying to, you know, uh, figure out where your best, where your resources are going to be, you know, best served and best, you know, um, I guess, just put out into the community. You know, are, are you looking at, uh, initiatives that are, you know, brand new? Are you looking that people are who are already out there doing the work? How do you kind of decide picking and choosing? Because obviously you can't do everything. You can't yeah. say yes to everybody. So for, from your perspective, kind of what's the approach when it comes to that? Yeah, it's definitely hard to, you know, not be able to say yes to everybody. Um, we kind of have narrowed down our focus. Uh, we have four main pillars that we look at education, mentoring, health and fitness, and then equality. Um, but I do a lot of listening. Right. I always say that, like, I can't create programs in a vacuum. I have to understand what the needs of the community are and really hear um, from the folks on what they need. And so then after listening and determining what the needs are, then we can go back and kind of create programs and platforms that the community wants and needs. You know, it's one thing to sit in, you know, the office and say, this is what we think 
they need. Um, but it's another to really kind of understand what that need looks like. Yeah, I like that that aspect of tapping into the community, which is very important because uh, you have some people on the outside looking in and they miss the they miss the target. You right. know, the heart is in the right place, but they tend to miss the target. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to also say, I always tell people at the end of the day, we're a basketball team, right? That's what we're good at. So I do have to find people that are doing the work um, and help them, you know, by amplifying their platform, by letting them use our platform. Because I understand that the Pistons and the NBA have kind of that unique platform and probably a broader one than some of these community groups have. And let me ask you this too, Erica, because I mean, we're talking about sports here. You work for a sports team. Um, how, you know, how important is it for you to have a good team around you? Because this is a big, big, you know, class to fill up, you know, with all the things you, you're, you're asked to do. So how important is it for you to have a good team around you? Yeah, it's very important. I have an amazing team around me that um, helps us do the work and everyone kind of has kind of their niche too. I have one guy on my team who's very connected with the military. So all of our Hoops for Troops initiatives, he's able to kind of run with. And again, that's going back to what I said before is figuring out what people are, you know, passionate about what they love to do. He has members of his family that are in the military. So when he's helping to put on programs and platforms, he's passionate about it because there's that natural connection. But yeah, I have an amazing team around me um, that helps to do the work that we do. So you mentioned that this is your second stint with the Pistons and, and, you know, coming back now, it's a little bit different because the team is now in downtown Detroit. As you came back and thought about this, this new opportunity, um, in your in your your second um, you know second uh, act I guess with the organization, uh, how excited were you to be able to to really get into the the city and, and you know shape what's going on with the team and all of the efforts that uh, you know the, the Pistons are are going to be making uh, you know to help out the city of Detroit. Yeah, no, it was super exciting to come back. And when I came back five and a half years ago, we were still. Um, in Auburn Hills, and we were just making that transition down to the city. Um, and so I was here my first time, 2005 to 2010, and then um, came back, um, what was that? I can't even think of the year for my second stint. But just to see the growth that Detroit has gone through during that time has been absolutely amazing. And then being able to move our headquarters and our team down to the city definitely feel more connected to, you know, those um, that we're giving. Now, I will say we're Michigan's team. So we're, you know, while we do have a focus on Detroit, um, we are definitely helping the surrounding areas as well. But it's been really cool to be part of that revitalization that's happening here. I like it. I love it. And I, we're going to, I know we have some young listeners listening and, and they work and sometimes things don't go their way. And, and this is your second stint. Meaning you must have did a good job when you were here the first time. And <laughs> second of all, you probably didn't burn any bridges. I was just gonna say, don't burn bridges. <laughs> don't burn bridges. Yeah. And I did I want you to talk a little bit about that because I, you know, I think people can learn from this um, yeah. about not burning bridges. Yeah, no, I always say, you know, definitely don't burn bridges. Um, you never know when you're gonna encounter folks again. Um 
also right now we have a new senior VP of um, sales and data analytics who happened to work at the Pistons my first time around too. So mm. that's been great to be reconnected to um, him as well. So I've seen a lot of people two or three times um, throughout my career in different roles and aspects. Um, so no matter how frustrated you are with the situations, you know, um, definitely, you know, have a positive attitude um, and be careful on um, how you interact with people because you never know when they're going to come back into your life and how. That's a good point. Great advice for sure. So, so thinking about your role a little bit, you know, you, you have to be, you know, actively involved with members of the community. You talked about the fact that you're going to be involved with players. You've also got a, you know, an executive leadership team, uh, uh, you know, on within the organization. So you, you've got to wear a lot of different hats and meet with a lot of different people. What is it about you uh, as a person that allows you to kind of have relationships um, with different people and to kind of be able to connect the dots when it comes to, you know, the important work that you're doing every day? Yeah. I mean, again, I think it goes back to being willing um, to listen to others and their ideas um, and get, you know, people's buy-in. I can't do this work by myself. So I need, you know, the exact team. I need people in the community. Tom Gores and Arn Tellum um, have been absolutely fantastic. Um, our owner and our vice chairman in terms of what they, you know, allow us to do. And um, they said when we moved down here, like they wanted us to be a community asset. Um, and that's really what we set out to do. And then we get to work with amazing partners too, like you know, United uh, Wholesale Mortgage, um, who is our New Jersey Patch sponsor. Like they allow us to help um, do the work that we do as well. So nice. Now you now here, here you go. I think I'm sure that you face some challenges. Okay, being a woman uh, in the male-dominated industry, because I mean, this is NBA basketball we talk about. Um, how important is it to have the self-confidence and the self-belief? Because I, there are a lot of women, and, and I was raised by a strong woman. So, man, listen, I am behind you 100%. But how important is it for you to have self-confidence and believe in yourself um, you know, operating in a male-dominated industry? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely important to have that self-confidence. I've definitely seen a shift, I would say, in the industry where there's more women um, that are now working in sports than when I first started. Good. But then I know that I deserve to have a seat at the table. But not only that, that I also know that that's what I bring to the table. When I go into a room and it's predominantly males, I know that I can bring a perspective um, that they can't. And so I use that to my advantage. So instead of it looking at it as a disadvantage, I'm yeah. like, all right, I got a leg up on everyone in this room because I'm not a male. There you go. So, so it sounds like, you know, you're, you're confident, but you're also not afraid to, to be your own advocate. Uh, in, in your experience, what is the importance of, of doing that, Erica, of really advocating for yourself um, as you're looking to either get a job or be move up, you know, in the, in the company that you are currently working at? Yeah. No one has your best interest in mind more than yourself. <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> uh, you definitely have to use that as your advantage and speak up and to your point, advocate because, you know, no one else is going to do it for you. Or you can't expect anyone to do it for you. Yeah. Right. You'll get let down every time. Every time. <laughs> I, I, 
always just, I, it's funny when I play sports, I would do the research myself, like my agent. I would call him and say, let's call this team. Let's call that time, yeah. team because I'm looking and I know, you know, myself better than he knows me. Exactly. Yeah, that's a heck of a point. So, so I got to ask you, you know, we, we talked about uh, your, your, you know, experience in the NBA. Uh, you know, you, you've been with the Pistons twice. You've been with the Golden State Warriors. You've worked on the WNBA side of things. Uh, back in the day, though, um, you, you worked in marketing. Um, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but, but one of your clients was Ringling Brothers Circus. Is that, is that true? That's correct. I mean, I just say I went from one circus to another. So it's, 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 it's all good. <laughs> so so what, what was that experience like? I mean, you know, that's obviously a lot different than sports. What did you learn through that experience? No, I, I learned a ton. First of all, I learned a ton about the circus as a whole. It's, it makes me so sad to think that Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus isn't around anymore. I know. I was a part of our childhoods. Yeah, I know. But it, I mean, it definitely helped prepare me for my current role. I definitely say that I helped to market the players kind of off the court um, and humanizing them and helping them build their brand. Um, and, you know, um, I joke that I went from one circus to the next, but it's it, it's not too different. It's, you know, in the entertainment field um, and definitely learned a lot. And uh, yeah, so and I, and it, it, was, it was a good, it was a good experience. Nice. And I love people that can jump from one arena to another. That's why I'm a big fan of Jay-Z, man, because one of my favorite <laughs> actors, I mean, rappers, and, and now he's just killing it, you know, on a whole nother level. But like right. for you, okay, circus, sports, I'm sure pretty other things that you've been involved in in your life. What is something that have, that, that you have, um, whether it's a work ethic or your belief or what is something that you do that helps you um, be able to have success working in the circus industry and, and now working in the sports industry? Yeah, I mean, I think it flexibility, um, but then also, you know, the common thread for me is the impact in the community. So, mm. I mean, um, that's what I care about is, you know, like how can I take, you know, where I'm working and make a difference? And, yeah. and that's kind of what I look at all the roles that I've had or places I've gone. Um, and I definitely um, am a connector when it comes to, you know, trying to figure out um, how I can connect people or organizations to um, thrive. So, so you kind of brought me to uh, my my next question because you said the buzzword it's it's brand, but but also to you know what Messina and I were talking about off the top of the show, the importance of giving back. You know, no matter what you do as a business, it is it is so vital uh, to give back to your community. So I'm curious, Erica, based on all your experience, when when an individual or or somebody in a business comes to you and says. We want to start doing something with the community. We just, we don't know where to start. Um, you know, we don't know what to do. There, there's so much out there. You know, what what advice do you give them? Yeah, I mean, definitely. It doesn't have to be grand, right? You know, um, you can start small and grow. Um, and you just have to kind of figure out what the need is. What 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 are you passionate about? You know, um, is it education? Is it, you know, uh, youth? Is it hunger? Um, and once you kind of identify, you know, where you want to help, then you can figure out, you know, those organizations you can connect with or how you can give back. But um, I think people need to understand that, you know, it doesn't take like an army to, you know, make a difference. You know, it, one person can make a difference. And like I said, you know, start small, wherever you may be, um, 
you can do stuff, whether it's volunteering, doesn't always have to be giving money. I think people are intimidated by that sometimes as well. Um, it could be taking time to um, speak to someone on LinkedIn that reaches out to you to ask about your career. I mean, there's definitely different ways to reach back and help others. I have to get better at the LinkedIn part. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to get better at that. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. I learned something today, definitely. Hey, man, you, you've, you've come yeah. a long way, Mateen. A couple of years ago, you didn't even have a LinkedIn, if, I'm, yeah. uh, <laughs> if, right. I, recall, if I recall correctly. Yes, um, I'm getting better at it. So, so, so one cool thing I want to ask you about that I, that I know the Pistons did recently was um, they, they held a youth council. Uh, for for local mm. teenagers, uh, and and this was this was really cool. Um, and, and you can you talk more about it, Erica. But but you know you you go back to the point you made about making sure that um, you know you have a seat at the table. I mean to to do what you did um, for for young people in the community uh, and to ask them what they think. I just I thought that was was really cool. So so tell our tell our listeners you know uh, what went into that and what the goal was. Yeah, so it actually, was, that's a pretty cool story. So we have been having these community conversations kind of on a quarterly basis where we invite different stakeholders, community members um, to talk about different topics. So one of the community um, conversations we were having, a woman said, oftentimes we put on programs for youth, but we don't include them in the conversation. And so out of that, you know, we decided that we would create the Youth Advisory Council. So we had, um, I would say, probably over 150 kids apply. We narrowed it down. We had kids go through an interview process with our exec team. And we have 13 youth that sit on our advisory council from all different high schools. We meet with them on a monthly basis, but we bring ideas to them. You know, um, if you think about it, we're trying to market to their demographic, but no one in our office is in high school or part of that demographic. <laughs> so we, we run ideas by them. What's cool? What's not? What type of programs would appeal to them? You know, um, what are some of their struggles being high school students? You know, mental wellness has been a big one that's come up for them, um, especially with them being on Zoom um, for a majority of last school year, um, um, incentivizing them or motivating them around school. And so we take what, you know, they tell us and then we are like, okay, now let's go out and create programs and platforms to appeal to them. So, yeah, it was important for us. Um, for them to have a seat in the table. Again, that's going back to not doing things in a vacuum um, and uh, making sure we have the right representation. Oh, wow. I love that, man. I, I just see, I can just, I can see how, how empowering that is um, to someone as a teenager. I mean, just the, the I mean, the, the, the successful people that you're building right now, these kids are going to grow off and do great things. Like I, kudos to you guys. Yeah. That's going to, yeah, that's yeah. great. That, I get chill bumps just thinking about that. That's great. And we've gotten some great ideas. I mean, they're not afraid to give us their opinion. Um, and then hopefully, too, when they go back to school in the fall, they'll talk about their experience. They'll get more information from their friends. And, you know, we're hopefully creating lifelong Pistons fans as well. Oh, yeah. And let me ask just because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes and I want to learn, you know, as, as we, we're going through the podcast. But you've been 17 years. Um was there something, did you make any mistakes? Like, oh you know, was there something you would change, you know, that you did earlier uh, in your career opposed to, you know, now 17 years in the game? Yeah, I make mistakes every single day. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's how, it's how you rebound it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, from those mistakes. I would say I was probably very hard on myself early on um, and would probably get hung up on those mistakes and focus on those instead of, okay, you know, probably tomorrow no one's going to remember this or think about this and, you know, move on um, from that mistake, learn from it, grow from it, and um, kind of keep going. Um, so, yeah, mistakes are inevitable. <laughs> Um, like I don't get mad at my team if they make mistakes, as long as they're willing to learn from them. Now, if you're repeating that mistake over and over and over again, that's when it becomes an issue. Well, Eric, I wish you could have talked to my college coach because he got mad at my my mistakes, but no, I'm glad you said that because I think that's important. I think, you know, we beat ourselves up too much. Um, and it's just, Hey, adversity is coming. How do you respond to it? You know, address it and move forward. Yeah, exactly. Good. So, all right. So you just talked about your team again. So, so what kind of a leader, you know, do you strive to be, you know, cause uh, you know, some people like my co-host Mateen, I mean, I think he was just born with it. It's just something that's in his DNA, you know, that, that natural born leadership ability, but, but for you, is it something that came natural or is it something you had to, to work at? And, and now uh, leading a team, you know, what, what do you try to, uh, to be as, as a leader? Yeah, I think some of it was natural, but then of course I'm always trying to learn you know, um, and take from good leaders that I've had as well. Um, I definitely try to lead by example. I'll get in there and I'll get in the trenches with my folks. Um, You know, I'm never going to ask them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Um, And because I've been in this business for so long, um, good or bad, I've probably done all of their jobs at some point in my career. Um, And so I, I know what they're going through. So I can, you know, offer that perspective as well. Um, but definitely try to have an open door as well that they can come, you know, talk to me about anything that they need to. Um, I always tell them, you know, don't suffer in silence. I'm not a mind reader. Um, and that we're truly a team. And so, you know, if you're lacking in one area, then the team should be there to, you know, help you, um, so that it doesn't affect the overall project. You mentioned some. Uh, you hit on a little bit um, far as, you know, talking and coming to you talking. I think communication is very important. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Go ahead. Can you talk a little bit about how important that is? No, um, yeah. Go ahead. Communi- communication is key. I always say go run. You're, you you were hired in your position for a reason, right? Just communicate. You know, as long as I'm in the know and we're all on the same page, then we're good to go. Um, but definitely not trying to look over anyone's shoulder all day, every day here to, you know, help answer questions and, um, help them learn from their mistakes, but no micromanaging, just support. I like it. (laughs) So, so, so you've, you've definitely got a job that, um, we can classify as cool, right? I mean, you work in sports, you get to hang out with a lot of famous people. Um, and, and, you know, for, for people listening to this, especially younger people, they may say, wow, I want a job like Erica's. Um, now, we all know what's required of, of a job in, in sports, but from your perspective, uh, you know, what do you tell people who, who say, yeah, I'd like to do what she does, uh, but how do I get there? Yeah, I mean, start early on. Um, like I said, I have a job where I give back, right? So if you're coming to interview with me and you don't volunteer or you don't help in the community, then that, that to me is a red flag. Um, and so that's something that you can start at an early age. Definitely internships. 
um, networking, I always tell people to go on LinkedIn and whatever your dream job is, find 10 people on LinkedIn that have that dream job. Look at what path that they took to get there. They all have probably taken a different path, but there's probably going to be a common thread amongst those. See what that common thread is. And then, you know, weave that into your journey as well. But everyone's going to have a different path to get to where they are. It's really about those intangible skills, you know, um, that you can't teach um, that um, employers are looking for. So, you know, coming to work with a good attitude, working hard, being able to be flexible and to bounce back um, is, you know, really what matters. I like that. And and the thing about that, everything you mentioned is something that you have 100 percent control over. I think that's very important. This industry is a lot of things you don't have a control over. But what you just mentioned is you have 100 percent control over that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I I just. I love the point you made about everybody has their own path. It's so, so hard to not compare yourself to others, right? That's just, that's part of life today. I mean, with social media, you go on, you see what other people are doing. You see how great their lives are. You see how great their jobs look, but it's, it's great advice. It's a great reminder to, you know, follow your own path uh, and and don't waste your energy worrying about what other people are doing. Um, You know, focus on you uh, and and good things will come from that. And, you know, you're, you're doing great things. Um, So, so I, you know, as, as we, uh, as we wrap it up here, I just want to ask you, you know, you're, you're still relatively early into this, uh, this second stint with the team and the team is back downtown. The team is having a resurgence. You got Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the draft, some really exciting young players. I mean, as you, as you look forward, Erica, to the future, um, for yourself and for the team, you know, what, what thoughts come to mind? No, this is a super exciting time to be part of the Pistons. Um, uh, I always joke with our GM and coach that I could care less if these guys could dribble balls as long as they're good out in the community, which they don't, they don't want to hear. Um, but, um, uh, lucky for me, I think we have both, right? We have a good group of guys that are going to be amazing on the court, but then off the court as well. Um, and really connecting with our fans in the community, which is exciting. So um, it's, it's cool to be a part of this um, and see the growth. Um, and I think we're on the verge of something great. People just need to be patient um, and uh, trust the process, as the 76ers uh, said for. That's right. <laughs> That's so funny, so Eric. It's so funny you say that. And it's like the GMs and the presidents, they're looking at, you know, he's, he's seven foot and he's athletic and he can jump. And you're saying, is he a good person? Yeah. <laughs> How's his attitude? Yeah. You know, does he like to give back to the community? You know, I well, love it's, it. It's it's great when you get both, and uh, and, and it's it's really great to hear that. Uh, you know, not only is it an exciting uh, you know group of young players, but uh, also a, a quality group of young men as well. So um, we look forward to seeing all that's to come for the team and for you and all the uh, the efforts that you are making uh, in the community. So. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us. We'll definitely be seeing you at the arena this season. And uh, I'll, I'll let Mateen finish it off with a, with another uh, Detroit basketball since he's, he knows it so well. Detroit basketball. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Erica Swilly, thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me and definitely look forward to our new partnership and doing some great things. And with that, our run on Power Forward has come to an end. Thanks to all of our guests and listeners for being part of the journey. 
However, our podcast journey will continue with a new focus. Coming soon, a brand new podcast from UWM that will help mortgage brokers across the country win more business. Best practices from the best brokers in America who partner with the best lender in America. We hope you keep listening and following us on Good Better Broker, a new podcast from UWM.